Chapter 1 The card bore the name of F. Caton Margolis. It was beautifully printed and came from a handsome leather wallet with platinum adornments. Well, conceivably platinum. Ross Barnes raised his eyes from the thin glinting metalwork to meet the attending and curious gaze of Mr. Margolis. The hands that held the wallet had long, slender fingers, flexible, smooth as if they'd been sandpapered. You might imagine those fingers drifting idly over the keyboard of a piano, or closing the stops of a flageolet, nothing more arduous. Would it be inconvenient if I suggested an immediate inspection of the craft? The tone, like the words, carried a suggestion of innate courtesy, or of a tradition of good manners. Beacon Hill? Certainly Boston, and certainly most genteel. Ross Barnes was used to an easier, more idiomatic American, but his experience had been limited to the rough and tumble of bridgeheads on forlorn beaches, or the hasty hospitality of wardrooms under conditions of active service. He had liked those Americans, had got on well with them. Not that he wasn't getting on well enough with Mr. Margolis, it was merely that he found so much gentility a shade oppressive. It may have been because of this that there was a grudging note in his reply. She's not what I'd call shipshape, but you can look her over if you like. Mr. Margolis smiled. I might remark that I'm empowered by my principal to conclude arrangements if, in my judgment, everything is satisfactory. It was a nice smile. It gave a touch of warmth to a frank, pleasant face. Only in the grey-green eyes was there a last reserve. Possibly Mr. Margolis could not descend entirely from the rarefied atmosphere in which he moved. To be private secretary to Croesus was to walk with Croesus and see the world from a somewhat elevated point of view. Ross Barnes said, Well, let's get on with it, shall we? He picked his way through the marine litter of the repair yards and so round the head of the slip where a couple of hands were working on a twenty-foot yacht. Margolis followed him to the small pier where a long, compact little vessel lay, her new paintwork gleaming in the mild sunlight of the morning. You will readily appreciate that I would scarcely have come to Portsmouth if a final decision was not within my scope, Margolis remarked, stepping gingerly. Mr. Flavius found the specifications quite satisfactory. Is Mr. Flavius still in London? Margolis deprecated with a gesture a question so crudely direct. Mr. Flavius, he said, is at the moment travelling incognito. He will remain incognito until his arrival in Cannes next month. Incidentally, if I should decide in favour of your craft, the arrangement is to be regarded as a top secret. Why? Ross Barnes halted to look at his visitor. Mr. Margolis condescended to explain. For his personal comfort, Mr. Flavius wishes to avoid publicity. It is only when he comes to Europe that he can enjoy the privacy that is the daily privilege of the common man. I see. I thought it might have something to do with this merger business. I was reading in one of the papers, Mr. Barnes, please. The reproof was marked by a rather anxious frown, and the subject was changed with haste. I understand you will yourself take charge of your vessel? That's the idea. Ross Barnes shrugged. I'm making it my job, my business. You were, I believe, an officer in the British Navy. Lieutenant, Royal Navy. Of course, I beg your pardon. Mr. Margolis was distressed by the hint that he'd committed a solecism. Possibly, he went on, gesturing towards the newly painted craft, you served in this sort of thing? Uh, not quite. I was in destroyers. Ah, destroyers. 
What was this originally, an MTB? No, HTML, motor launch for harbor defense. The torpedo boat job was quite a bit larger. Forgive me, I'm not too familiar with this type of craft. I spent the warriors mainly on the other side, and in a Coast Guard cutter. The long, pale fingers of Mr. Margolis moved as if they were stopping the frets of a, well, of a Coast Guard cutter. Ross Barnes made no comment. He merely took a quick glance at Mr. Margolis. Strange things happened in a war. But these were the humdrum days of peace, and a man had to make a living. Mind the paint on the superstructure, Ross said. Margolis stepped from the pier to the spotless deck and went forward carefully. He was interested. He asked questions.